Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate, and overwhelming stupidity. Hey, everybody. What's happening? Hope everybody's enjoying this Orioles season. Welcome, Birdland, to another episode of Full Count Chaos. This is... This is just shits and giggles, as they like to say, as I like to say. Shits and giggles. Who says shits and giggles, Nate? I do. When I'm talking about the Orioles season right now, pumps me up because regardless of what happens, Sunday's game against Tampa, the Orioles are not going to finish the first half of the season with a losing record. It's either 500 or a winning record. I mean, that pumps me up. I know that pumps you up. I mean, we're we're seeing a 10-game win streak. Last time we spoke, they were just starting to play the Rangers. They were taking care of business. They were getting ready to play the Angels. Here we are. A week later, 10-game win streak we can talk about. And just like any other sport, any other team, you know, they start winning. They're getting attention. Everyone's talking about it. I'm getting texts from people. Hey, go O's. I'm like, who the fuck are you? I don't even know you. Everybody wants to remind you. Yeah, I like the Orioles too. Remember, we used to go to games. Yeah, back in like 2012, 2014 then. Never heard from you. Matter of fact, I forgot your name. What is your name again? Oh, you want to talk about the Orioles? Get the hell out of here. Come on. Everyone can eat shit. So the Orioles are on a 10-game win streak. We're all on a high. We're loving it. 11, 12, 15, 20, 25 game win streak. We want it all. We don't want the Orioles to ever lose again. But I'm looking at the schedule and I'm going, of course. Of course the Orioles have to go to Tropicana Field and play the Tampa Bay Rays. The Orioles have lost 10 straight. 16 of 17. Their past games in St. Petersburg. Of course they lost Friday. And they win Saturday, which we'll talk about. Great game. Great. Oh, Adley Rushman, you fucking stud. But even though the Orioles won 11 of the last 12 games and we all should be a hip hip hooray, it still felt like, to me, it's like their season was over. They lost the, uh, the wild card game. You know, it's tough staying positive when the Orioles lose, no matter what. Like my wife kept saying, honey, you should be proud. They won 11 out of 12, 10 out of 11 games. That's just how I am with sports. But it was a bummer. I mean, it was electric talking about the Orioles. Like, just win streak, uh, win after win after win after win. I mean, that that feeling, you didn't want it to go away. Not saying that it's going to be a way for good. They could go on a 15-game win streak coming up in the next couple weeks. Wait, what did you say? I just mean when they lost and the win streak was over, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to explain. It's like it, it just felt like everything just came crashing down and just like Nate. Chill out. Stop being so fucking dramatic. Relax. But, you know, I think it had a lot to do with knowing the Orioles were playing a winning team. And I didn't want to hear the bullshit of, oh, well, look what happens when the Orioles go and play a winning team. They were playing uh, teams with losing records during those 10 games. I don't care who you're playing. You're playing major league baseball teams and you win 10 in a row. That is tough to do. And the Orioles did it. Now, I talk a lot of shit about Mateo, by the way, on this podcast, about his bat, okay? And it, it seems like every time Mateo hits a home run or gets a triple, I'm always getting some text like, hey, what do you have to say about Mateo's bat? It's like, all right, broken watches right twice a day. Get off it. But I got to give this kid some credit. On Saturday, with a, a great win against the race, it's almost like the Orioles had no business winning that game, especially that whole bullshit of Odor getting thrown out in third base and extra innings. Now there's one out, nobody on. You're thinking, all right, well, that, that's game. That's great. But Mateo, right off the bat, says, don't worry, guys. I'll pick you up. Hits a triple. He comes home. Mullen comes home. And they wind up winning, obviously, 6-4. to four. But 
I mean, the guy also hit a grenade Tuesday, just crushed one over the wall. You just can't talk shit about anyone on this team because eventually you're going to look like a jackass. I mean, everybody's contributing. So you want to talk shit about a player on the Orioles, you're going to look like a fool because they're eventually going to somehow, one way or another, help this team win games. And everyone's going to look at you and go, are you the jackass who was talking shit about him? Yep, that was me. Now, one of the things I've talked about on this podcast, superstitions, I've talked about how I'm superstitious. My family is my wife's side of the family is my side of the family. I mean, we're watching sports. We get a little silly with our superstitions. And I'm just curious during this 10 game win streak, did you do anything different? Did you remain the same? Did you, you know, not change your socks? Is there something like after that fourth or fifth win, that's when it starts kicking in. That's when you start doing typically the same thing or making sure you keep a specific habit. You know, my wife walks in the room. Hey, honey, we had sex two straight nights and guess who won two nights in a row. Let's keep this bad boy going. She just rolls her eyes and walks out of the room. I'm like, come on, babe, do it for, do it for Birdland. All right. If you're not going to do it for me, do it for the Orioles. But we all have superstitions. We, we do that. I mean, every big sports fanatic I talk to, they, there's a couple things, weird things that we all do. You know, unless a higher power tells me one day, you know, it doesn't work. Stop doing that. Okay, I'll stop. You're right. But maybe one day when we die, we're going to be talking to God or whoever, and they're going to go, yeah, of course, that that that's exactly why the Orioles won the 10-game win streak. Remember, you didn't wash your underwear for 10 straight days, and then, unfortunately, you didn't even realize you threw your underwear in the wash, and then they lost to Tampa. You remember that? Yeah, that was your fault. <laughs> I mean... Now, I got to say, that is one superstition I don't do. I, I hear that a lot, and I actually personally know people who have done that. They don't wash their jerseys, especially in football season. It's gross. Like, my buddy got in the car. It was like a four-week Ravens win, four weeks in a row. He gets in. He's like, hell yeah, fifth week. I haven't washed my jersey yet. It's for good luck. I'm like, well, you smell like you've been dipped in ass. You think because you're walking around smelling like shit? The Ravens are going to continue their win streak. I mean, come on. You can't think it's like eat the same dinner or whatever you ate for breakfast that morning when they won every week. Eat the same thing. But come on. You're walking around like you, you got a bunch of garbage and ass stuffed in your jersey and you're going, yeah, fuck yeah. This is going to be great. What's the matter with you? Never got that far with the superstition. I think what did I do these 10 days? I didn't uh, trim my beard. Well, getting a little wacky, Nate. Didn't trim your beard. You crazy. Uh, I also sat in the same seat. I mean, I sat, sit in the same seat anytime I watch an Oriole game. So there wasn't anything crazy I did with, you know, not washing something or smelling funky. You know, you want your favorite team to win, and the way you do it is to walk around smelling like a big bucket of ass. You fucking crazy, man. I guess I'm just not on the same page with that. Anyway, love to hear from you guys. Anything you guys did during the Orioles 10-game win streak or any any win streak or any season, any sport, anything wacky and wild that you did, anything gross, you know? Did you not shower for like a month when your favorite team was winning? Whatever. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Of course, love to hear from you. Now, the first 90 games of this season, the Orioles were 45 and 45, and I saw something posted 2017 after 90 games, the Orioles were 42 and 48. 
Now, in 2018, that's when things started shit in the bed. After the first 90 games, 27 and 63. And that very next year, they ended 90 games. Same exact record, 27 and 63. Didn't, not surprising. Terrible team. 2020 was a wash. 2021, of course, last year, 28 and 62. And again, in July, we all knew the season was over. I mean, basically, fans, we just wanted the, the young kids to come up. Bring them up. You know, we want new faces. We want to see the young stars come up. We just want to be entertained. Even if they're not ready, just bring them up. (laughs) Because we're like, you know, what are we watching here? We love the Orioles. We want them to win, but we want to be entertained. Do something different here. Now, of course, in 2022, here we go, 45 and 45. Uh, Of course, they won Saturday, so they're 46 and 45. And regardless what happens Sunday, not going to have a losing record. Now, right now, currently, the Orioles are 15 and 20 against the American League East. Basically, four teams, the best four teams in all of the American League, basically. So if the Orioles were in another division, and I hate saying that because it sounds like sore loser talk. Well, if the Orioles were in another division, they would win. Then they would take care of it. I get it. It's very cliche to say, but that talk comes up a lot, but it's true. They are in the toughest division in baseball. But against all the other teams, they're 30 and 25. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, so the argument does have some legs to stand on when you're saying, hey, if the Orioles were just in any other division in the American League, they'd, they'd be right there. They'd be taking care of business. They w- might even win the division. But of course, the, uh, the win streak ended Friday. And the longest win streak that the Orioles ever had, a 14-game win streak, August 1973. Boot Pal, Palmer, Bumphrey, Paul Blair, Bobby Gritch, you know, all the good names. So when you see a win streak like this, and then you see you always, the first thing I always go to is, Ooh, what's the longest streak the Orioles have had? All right, we got to beat that. Let's go. we got to win five more. And, of course, they go to Tropicana, which they play terribly in, and then they play the Yankees. After the All-Star break. That's going to be awesome. I, I hope we pack the fucking house when the Yankees come to town. Now, when they were in Chicago playing, the Let's Go O's chant brought tears to my eyes. That was a uh, little tickle in the pickle hearing that. I just hope one day would love to hear the Let's Go O's chant that loud in Boston or New York Stadium. But that last game that the Orioles played Chicago that night, it was just a sea of orange. That was awesome to see. Just hearing the Let's Go O chants and seeing the, the orange shirts, all the Orioles hats in the crowd. It's great. It's great to see. Uh, ten in a row. All right. Basically, this episode, we're just celebrating how great the Orioles are doing, talking about that win streak. It's just incredible. So many stats everybody was talking about. Three straight series wins for the first time in 17 years. Now, again, I just talked about 1973 was the uh, longest win streak, 14. And then, of course, 1999, they won the, they had the 13-game win streak. So in 2022 here with the 10-game win streak, it ended their 23-year drought without a double-digit win streak. And it's just so ironic that this is the team. All the teams that we've been watching since 1999, this is the team to have the double-digit win. Holy shit, sports, man. I'm telling you, I always say it on here, you just never know when it comes to sports. You just don't know what's going to happen, who's going to win, how it's going to happen. 23-year drought, which the only other team who has a longer drought is the Marlins. 
I think the Marlins have a lot of uh, unfortunate records like that. But the Orioles also are the first team since 1990 to win 10 straight games despite entering opening day with the league's lowest payroll. So you got to give props to just everyone down the list, the players, the managers, Mike Elias, all Mike Elias and the boys, all those guys. So these East stats are just, you see this 2022 team on paper before the season starts and you're like, all right, you know, let's try to win some games, boys. Try to do a little better than we did in 2021. Of course, the 2021 season, we all remember like it was yesterday, 52 wins, 15 more wins than last year. All right. You know, just let's have some, some confidence go Orioles. We're here to support you right now. They're on pace for 85 wins. Are you shitting me? 33 more than last season. And that's why I don't put money down on sports ever. I'm stressed out enough watching the Orioles, you know, even not putting any money on any game. And I get stressed out. If I put money on a game, shit, I'd have a stroke by the fifth inning. Wouldn't be able to handle that. But I thought it was pretty funny. I'm seeing people tweeting out the money they're putting down on the Orioles, playoff odds, winning the World Series. (laughs) I just can't get into that. I just wouldn't be able to tell my wife, hey, listen, you know, and you know the whole thing where we pay the mortgage ain't going to happen this month. But the, uh, what was it, Big Cat from Barstool, that's his way of showing his love to Birdland of the Orioles. He's like, look, I'm putting a thousand dollars towards the Orioles. Anyone who gambles a lot, that's their way of showing respect towards the team. Hey, I'm going to throw down my hard earned money because I have confidence in you guys. Just haven't been able to get there. I just can't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I want that snake to bite me before I know it. House is gone. Wife left me. I have no money. <laughs> Yeah, geez, Nate, that's some negative thoughts. No, it's good to have those kind of negative thoughts because it makes me not want to put money down on sports. But I'll obviously do the uh, fantasy leagues and all of that. And even then, I'm like, hey, look, I know these players. I-, I know these situations, the games. I think, I think I'm going to win. Pfft, everything shits the bed. And you're like, well, this is why I don't put down a dickload of money on games because <laughs> you just don't know what's going to happen. But right now, one of the things we do know that's happening is Jorge Lopez going to the All-Star Game. And I think we all felt the way Brandon Hyde did when he uh, broke down, getting very emotional post-game interview. I mean, look, I think a lot of us felt that way with Jorge Lopez, everything that he's been battling in his life and and seeing how hard he's been working. And now he's going to the All-Star Game. It just goes to show you as well how much Brandon Hyde loves these guys. And I know they love Brandon Hyde. That's why it's always a tough conversation to be like, well, once the Orioles start doing well, I guess adios Brandon Hyde, right? I mean, I don't think it's going to be quite like that. Hey, Brandon, thanks for your time. You know, they threw him keys to a Buick and they're like, hey, try to win the Grand Prix for us. Just do your best. And then now that things are going well, see ya. I, I, in my opinion, I think, you know, they're going to hold on to Brandon and see how he does through the years of now they're being competitive. Now they're getting to the playoffs, going for it all. And they're just going to see how things pan out. But seeing Brandon Hyde get emotional like that, it just goes to show you how much he fucking cares about this team and his players. He just loves them with all his heart. And I don't blame him. So do we, Brandon. So do we. But Jorge Lopez Heading to the All-Star game, he's got one of the best ERAs among relievers in the leagues. He's got 16 saves right now, currently with a 174 ERA, 
And his 16 saves are tied for the 10th most in the majors. He's got a career of uh, .968 whip, which is the lowest. Or I'm sorry, his current whip is .968, which is his lowest of his career. The guy's just killing it. And good for Brandon Hyde for continuing to keep his confidence in Jorge because this season when he was struggling, trying to close out games, had uh, blown saves in a row there. And we're all thinking, oh boy, he's got the yeps. He's shit in the bed. Get him out of there. But Hyde said, nope, still got confidence in you, Jorge. Here, take the ball, closing out the game. And that gave him confidence. And whatever he did, working on whatever he had to do, here he is. Kind of reminds you of the uh, situation with Mullins. Goes down to double A. You're thinking, uh-oh, his career might be over. Look at him. <laughs> Mullins leading off for the Orioles, like one of his best seasons, the best season that he had in offense last year. And Jorge knows the opportunity that he has this season with going to the All-Star game. You just typically don't see that. Again, especially the season that he had last year and just didn't seem like things were working out. I mean, he even said, he goes, that's something I think at this level, you just don't see a lot when a guy who struggled a lot is given that opportunity and you know, the opportunities that he was given to continue to improve. Like he says, I didn't want to waste it and Holy hell. He didn't waste it. And I still laugh. I shouldn't laugh because you know, the poor guy is struggling, but when Kevin Brown's sitting there going, uh, Jorge Lopez hasn't given up a home run in his first 37 innings. And then all of a sudden, boom, gives up a home run and blows the, uh, the walk-off for the Twins. Oh, my God. Again, there's the, uh, the the superstition jinx bullshit that all the fans think. And I think trending at one point on Twitter of, uh, thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Talked about that last week. But you just hear time and time again of the players and, and fans just talking about Jorge about it. He's like the nicest guy ever. All the players love him in the clubhouse. Felix Bautista was talking about Jorge the other day. He said, the truth is he's really important. He says, regardless of what happened, regardless of what's happened lately, what happens over the course of the season, he's a proven closer and he's our closer. Again, obviously, you know, the manager, everybody, they have his back. But just Jorge constantly working on to be better every day. His four-seamer and sinker are averaging two miles per hour extra than they did in 2021. And his slider has gained two inches in vertical drop, along with 5.4 inches of horizontal movement. Of course, that's according to StatCast. That's not something that I was sitting in front of the TV with a measuring tape on the TV going, hmm, something looks a little different here. Now, there's not enough congratulations in the world to give Jorge on how pumped up we all are, excited we are for Jorge, well-deserved, something that wasn't deserved was Trey Mancini not getting invited back to the home run derby. For fuck's sake, the guy's still hitting bombs. He went to the finals last year. It's a little grumpy about that. Was hoping to see Trey back in the home run derby over there. Going down home run derby, going to hit some of them home runs over there. I was really excited and hoping that Trey was going to be, or at least Mountcastle. I mean, that guy eventually is going to have to get in the home run derby because he'll put on a freaking show. Show for show for show. But again, everybody congratulating Jorge Lopez. Everyone's proud of him. Very excited. Mountcastle, speaking of him, got involved in congratulating. He said, if he's not on our team, I don't know where we're at. Mountcastle says he's been unbelievable all year. And for him to get the all-star nod, I'm so happy for the guy. 
He's been through a lot. For him to be in this situation, I'm so happy for him. And I thought that was funny, John Means, when he goes up in the booth every now and then, which I love. I mean, even when he goes back to playing, I hope they bring him back in the booth and just chat with him. That's so great. But I thought it was funny, John Means talking about Mount Castle, about how goofy he is. <laughs> he's like, he's on a, just a whole different level of comedy, of shit that he says. He says he says the weirdest things, but they're hilarious. Everybody in this clubhouse, man, they just love each other, having a good time. No, I thought Austin Hayes was good. Again, not to take away from Jorge, he absolutely deserves it. But I thought maybe, you know, you had Austin Hayes. I mean, Tyler Wells, I thought maybe he could have been another option. He's got 328 ERA and 17 starts. He's killing it. So, again, I'm, I'm glad that Jorge is in the All-Star game. But, again, the way that this team is playing, shit, could have been anybody. All righty. Now, by the way, this episode is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or social media. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. All that we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Now, of course, it's Sunday. Orioles get the first pick of the 2022 draft. Who's Michael Ice going to pick? We have no fucking clue. We could put him in a torture room for a week and a half. And when that week and a half is done, we'd be like, all right, just let the guy go. We don't, we're never going to know who he's going to pick until the draft comes. But there's names getting thrown around like Elijah Green, Jackson Holiday, Tamar Johnson, Drew Jones. And, of course, after the pick, the next week, we'll talk about it, who they picked, why they picked it, all the good shit. But we don't know. All we can hope for is that whatever decisions Mike Elias makes with the draft, we hope it works out and helps the Orioles. Gee, Nate, that was deep. I'm going to get that tattooed on my arm. You're such a poet. Right, so the Orioles wrapped up this past week, 7-0 game homestand, of course, because that was part of the 10-game win streak. These guys head to Chicago to continue the win streak. They're eight games in a row. Down 2 nothing. Was that on uh, Sunday, right? Or no, that was Tuesday. We're not talking about Sunday. Tuesday at the Cubs, down 2 nothing, And like we've always said, doesn't matter. 2 nothing, 5 nothing, 7 nothing. If the Orioles are down, don't go anywhere until that last out on the ninth inning. So the Orioles are like, oh, not so fast. Jordan Lyles, he pitched seven innings, seven hits, two runs, only two earned runs, five Ks with a walk. And here they go. Top of the third, Anthony Santander singles. Cedric Mullen scores. Top of the fourth, Urias, who is just killing it lately since he's been back. He homers to left. And then Jorge, uh, that's when Mateo hit the home run. That's when I started getting the uh, text. Oh, yeah, what do you think of Jorge's bet now? Please knock it off. So the Orioles went 4-2. Now they're nine games in a row. You're like, holy shit. This is just getting out of hand, folks. And I don't want it to stop. Now, after that win, ESPN put out an interesting stat. The Orioles are the fourth team since 1900 to win nine consecutive games a season after finishing the worst record in Major League Baseball. Now, we just kept seeing stats like that over and over throughout that week of baseball. And then, you know, every time I just scroll and look through and see what other kind of wacky stat the Orioles were putting up with this whole uh, week of uh, the win streak. Now, 
You're like, holy shit, double-digit win streak going into Wednesday, Chicago, and the Orioles go up four to nothing right off the bat. Now, I know, of course, in sports, you just never know what's going to happen, but still, at that moment, I mean, we're going into the third inning. The Orioles are up four to nothing. Even when the Cubs scored one in the bottom of the fifth, and then you're going into the sixth inning, and the Orioles are up four to one, <laughs> you start, I started getting giddy. Phone calls, text, you know, every the bird lands just blowing up. You're like, this is insane. And again, if you're like me, hey, wait until the last inning. But once the Orioles put up another three runs in the top of the eighth, and it was seven to one at that point, we all knew it. And when they won that tenth game, just like I spoke about earlier, when they lost the eleventh, and you feel like they uh, just lost the single elimination wild card game, their season was over. When they won the tenth game, it was like we were celebrating like they just made it to the playoffs. It's just, it was just a weird season. And then, like I said, of course, a Friday Tampa Bay loss. I want to talk about Saturday, a game that I just didn't think uh, the Orioles were going to pull out. And I, I don't know why I was so negative because constantly this year, I talk about the Orioles and it's always about how positive things are happening with this team and how we should, you know, wait until the last out. But the Orioles obviously going to extra innings with Tampa and you're getting pumped up because they scored a run in the top of the 10th. So at that point, you're like, okay, there we go. We're up four to three. Let's close it out. Tampa scores bottom of the 10th. It's four to four. Now that play in the top of the 11th. All right. Odor was the last to bat. So he's starting at second base. And I was out at a restaurant watching the game. It was a friend of ours birthday. And obviously when you're in public, it's like if you want to tell somebody some bad news that you're breaking up with them or you're firing them, hey, meet me at the restaurant so you can't, you know, break shit or fight me. Let's <laughs> be in public. So, you know, when we're in a restaurant watching an Orioles game, I'm on my best behavior. Obviously, I can't throw a temper tantrum and just start throwing out the F word in public like that. But that top of the 11th, it's just, it's just the way this team is. It's just how the season's going. Okay, the runner starts at second. That's Odor. Now, Jorge was attempting to bunt, which, why not? I think the guy should bunt every at-bat. He would get on base probably 98% of the time. So I guess Odor just kind of start, got a little excited, started running, thinking Jorge was going to make contact with the bunt. Catcher throws to second, throws to third. Boom, he's out. Done. No runners on base. One out. And my buddy, who's a huge Orioles fan, just like I am, sitting next to me, we, we wanted to just throw the F word out like 50 times and just start screaming. And when you're on, you're on your best behavior, you got to just <laughs> swallow all the rage and just continue to smile and nod to everyone who's talking to you at the dinner table, trying to start conversation when I can't focus because Odor just got thrown out at third. But like I said earlier, Jorge just says, it's all good guys. I got it. He triples on the, I think it was the next pitch. So it's basically like Jorge did bunt over Odor because now we got a guy on third. And then shit just started happening. And then Ryan Mountcastle singles to right field. So at that point, Cedric got on. Then he's still second. So it's second and third, one out. And Mountcastle gets that little bloop in right field. And again, I'm in public. I'm in a restaurant. It was a nice kind of fancy restaurant. They did have some TVs. So we still obviously could watch the game. But when that ball fell in a right field and you see Jorge and uh, uh, the Mullins coming home, again, trying to be on my best behavior. 
my buddies next to me were kind of gripping each other's arms, like getting real excited. And everyone at dinner tables, like, oh boy, I guess the Orioles are doing well. It's like, we're still, listen, we're focusing on the conversations, but we're trying to do two things at once. And the Orioles just went up by two and extra innings. Just hang tight. (laughs) So of course they wind up winning six to four. And, you know, just the rest of the night. Now you're like, all right, yeah, let's party it up. Hey, shots on the house. Buy the whole restaurant around a shots of tequila. And everybody starts singing Kumbaya an hour later. All because the Orioles won in July, but they got a winning record. So no matter what happens on Sunday with that game, they're going to end the first half not having a losing record. And that signs that shit's happening, folks. Shit is happening. So, again, I want to hear from you guys. What did you do during the win streak? Did you do any just awful superstitions of just not washing shit and you walked around smelling like funk, but you just told your significant other, hey, just bear with me. It's because the Orioles are winning. (laughs) Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. And again, we'll talk about with the draft Sunday, see what Mike Elias does. And, uh, you know, Yankees coming to town next week. Hopefully we pack the house. That'll be fun. All right. Till next time. See you.